0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. It's time, it's
2: time, time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone with the
0: 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. I want to get into this Mostert interview too a little bit, but before I do that, I do want to talk about the just ever frustrating offense because it looked like last week they had it together and everybody's getting involved and then this week again it it was a bit of a slog the two guys that stuck out to me really a lot were um, obviously Juwan Jennings, who just keeps making big catches. I mean, listen, you look at the chargers game. If he doesn't make those catches on third down, they might not win that game. This game too. If he doesn't have that drive before the end of the half and what he had have four catches and a touchdown on that drive and he catches the tip ball, just huge third down conversions. They maybe didn't win this game because maybe they take some field goals, the saints when they're in closer and who knows what happens. So he has made, you know, he's not the guy, the name that, you think of. And I was just on a Saints podcast previewing the game last week. And they said, Al, who's the one guy that, you know, isn't Debo or Kittle or th- that we have to worry about? I was like, juan Jennings, because he makes some really big catches and nice. thankfully you're gonna make me look like an idiot. And he came through. <laughs> so he, he was the first one. The second one to me, and look, everybody's gonna bitch and complain. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played tough as hell. He got his ass kicked. He got yeah, his ass kicked, and he just kept getting up. And again, is he an elite guy, Patrick Mahomes? He's like, no, it's not him. But he played a tough game, and he did enough to win. And he's just somebody who just—I don't know, man—he just keeps earning my respect week after week.
2: Yeah, third Oregon life, third and Juwan. I love that. I love that nickname. I also thought Chains Chains would be a good nickname for him, right? Because he moves the chains every time he catches the ball. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo <clears throat> made it through this game, and now it's four games in a row that he hasn't thrown an interception in parentheses that counted, right? Obviously he threw that, that big one. Um, and, you know, uh, r- speaking of uh you're talking off air about rich Madrid, uh, rich had, uh, rich had a clip of that on, uh, on the timeline today. And that interception, I mean, obviously Jimmy threw it, but he threw the ball to the spot that Ray Ray McLeod was supposed to be. The only issue is McLeod got bumped off his route by that, uh, that, that dropping linebacker. And the DB actually ran what was the correct route, which is why he was exactly where he was when he caught the interception. So uh, again, Jimmy Jimmy threw it, but at the same time, part of that is he's throwing to the spot that his player is supposed to be. And that's what this offense is predicated on, right? It's predicated on being where you need to be and knowing where that's going to be and, and, and making the throw. And so Jimmy was tough as nails in this game. And, you know, the, the offensive line got their ass kicked and that was the issue for the offense is that the offensive line never once really established themselves on the line of scrimmage, which is what this offense has to do. If it's going to be successful, you know, I was, I was thinking about it today and the reality of Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback is that if you wanted to point to one thing that is elite about Jimmy, it's, it's his ability on third down. I think his third down. Uh, he's just absolute nails on third down. And, and in this game, he was nine of 13 for 80 yards. Um, And I think, I I think those were, I think he converted all nine. Um, Well, the problem with that is that in order to be elite at that, you've also got to make sure that you're staying ahead of the chains, right? Uh, With the ground game and everything like that, these third downs need to be manageable. And so when Jimmy Garoppolo is operating your offense, your offense is operating on a, on a slim margin of error. And if any of those, if anything happens, right, that, that bumps you off of your, your margin, which in this case was the Saints defensive line, absolutely taking it to the 49ers offensive line. This offense is not going to look good. And so I think that was the biggest issue. I don't think it was Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't even think it was Kyle Shanahan. I think it was the Saints defense that absolutely took it to the 49ers offensive line. And then on top of that, you're talking about a team that didn't get back to Santa Clara until Tuesday morning. You had Thanksgiving on Thursday. They didn't even have an actual practice until Friday. And again, this is an offense predicated on rhythm and things like that. And so I'm willing to take a look at this game and go, hey, this was a trap game, right? You're looking ahead at at that Miami game this week against Mike McDaniel. Tom Brady comes in in two weeks and then you've got Seattle the week after that, right? This was a game that would, could easily be overlooked. And on top of that, you just had a wonky travel schedule along with the holiday and all of that. I'm just willing to chalk it up to we escaped. We got what we needed to. We got 13 points. We only needed three. Hell we only needed two, right? They pitched a shutout. So a win is a win in the win, you know, in the NFL, we're not getting style points. This isn't college. We're not, it doesn't matter what our margin of victory is. I'm going to celebrate the win. I'm going to celebrate the shutout. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to forget about this offensive performance and, and look to next week. Now next week against a, a, a much worse defense in the Miami dolphins. If we see, if we see something like this, which perhaps we could right? Uh, news came news broke uh, right before we started recording Elijah Mitchell, another MCL sprain, another six to eight weeks uh, for recovery. I'm not sure uh, you guys can speak to it. I don't know if it's the same MCL or if it's a different one. Uh, no, no, I'm not sure. Um, but that's a big part of your offense that's gone now. Um, so maybe they look a little bit disjointed. Also, Christian McCaffrey dealing with some, what Kyle Shanahan called knee irritation. Uh, so again, we could see it, but but I'm not, I, I, I don't know that I'm like, Oh man, last Monday was the aberration and now we're back to sucking again. I'm, I think there's a lot of factors that went into it and I'm willing to, I'm willing to wait and see what happens next week.
1: I I think it's very fair to say that the new Orleans saints getting back Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan were huge. And I think people kind of glossed over that. Those aren't Mm -hmm. just starters. Those are impact players. Dennis Allen's a defensive guy. I also think that they looked at this game and saw what was right in front of them. The Tampa Bay Bucks just lost right before they started playing against the Cleveland Browns. You have a chance to jump in the first place, regardless of your record. I don't care if you're five and seven. The goal is to to you know take the cho- chokehold on your division.
2: 100%. So you have
1: to give credit to the Saints. Also, what is this about the Saints and hurting quarterbacks and hurting oh 49ers God. quarterbacks? I just it's it's so much PTSD of Bounty Gate right? They're falling on Garoppolo's leg. They're hitting him in the face. They're not calling anything. And I'm just like, what is it? Why is it the Saints? We can't even blame uh, the guy. I'm blanking on his name. I hate him so much. I forget his name. Um, But it's it's so crazy to me that it continues to be the Saints. And also we can totally throw out the Jimmy Garoppolo isn't tough narrative. I mean, down the stretch, he played (laughs) with what he played with. He kept fighting. And I think to Brian's point, All of those factors are important when you think about this game, right? And I think those are the outside factors aside from the X's and O's and the roster and the coaching that don't really get brought up. But I'm more encouraged by this win than anything. And this isn't me just being homer positive. It's because things don't go the way that you expect them to at times. You have to find ways to scratch and claw and win games, right? Everything is not going to be you rolling over the Cardinals on hard knocks on Mexico City, right? Like, that's not how these games are going to go. The Saints played a great game. They deserve credit. But the 49ers deserve credit for finding a way to win. Good teams find ways to win these games. Bad teams find ways to lose those games. And this doesn't seem to be a bad team because they're finding ways to scratch and claw and win games. And that's what I walked away with more, more than anything.
0: Yeah. And two I wanted things.
2: to hold on now two things real quick. One, Greg Williams, is that who you were thinking of?
1: Yes. God, Greg oh, Williams, God. defensive coordinator
2: for the saints. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, our illustrious uh, site editor, uh, David Benilla, left MCL, not right like last time. So it is the different MCL. So now he has two week MCLs, So that's cool. And I want to ask
0: you guys about the running game because I have some stats that were a little bit worrisome to me with this Mitchell. But before I do, Jay, I want to ask you because, you know, we've been talking for a couple, probably a couple of years now here, right? Year and a half, something like that. How much of it has been about the quarterback situation and Jimmy Mm Garoppolo and things like that? I'm just to the point He's had a really good season. We, we know that. And he's had some almost interceptions, whatever. His interception percentage is 1.3 right now, which is really just top four, to four, top four in the NFL. Yeah, only two of Hertz and Brady have, have, a, have a better mm-hmm. one right now. I'm just to the point right now with him where like, we know what he is. If he hasn't earned your respect with what he's been through and, and how tough he's been, like you said, and, and again, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to throw four. He is what he is, but they're winning. The team seems to rally around him don't we just kind of have to be done dissecting every single game with him and just kind of move on knowing what he is and just see how we could win games here? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: Absolutely, Al. And this is what's made this
0: season so yeah, easy. Yeah, now saying this.
1: Yes, Done. this is this is what's made this season so easy for me, dissecting this team, right? And I'm not as seasoned as you are, out right? Like, you know, you're you're somebody I look up to when it comes to this, right? Appreciate you. But I I have I I am so secure and so safe now at this point, where I know what Jimmy is. Okay. He's gonna have games that he ropes you in. He's gonna have games that you just but I'm fine with that now. Here's the here's the thing that I think is the most comforting. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, and let's just say it was Trey Lance and Sudfeld or Trey Lance and Purdy, season's over. So thank you, Jimmy. And you do need to give him credit for the way that he's handled all this. Absolutely. Everybody always wants to say, well, you know, I wouldn't care if I was a millionaire. Okay, tell that to Baker Mayfield, who acted like an absolute baby as soon as Deshaun Watson's name was even brought up before he was even brought there. Right? Jimmy Garoppolo never folded under that. I think what people lose is after the Rams game, the NFC Championship game, he said – this was the hardest season of my career. I would not wish this on anyone. But he never complained. Now whether he really felt that way or not, the one thing that you know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do is go to that podium and say the right thing. And you know what? This team loves him, and thank God he's here because if Brock Purdy was playing, I don't want to be that guy. But this season was we cooked. Like it just going. would be done. I'm just and, and and there is a point where I feel now that is so easy to analyze this because I know what it is. I don't even get mad anymore. If he throws an interception in the red zone or something like that, it, it doesn't even make me mad anymore. You know why? I know what to expect. And there needs to be some sort of comfort level with that. 49er fans should feel a little bit safe knowing that you know what this offense is going to be operating and looking like, as opposed to not knowing what it would look like under Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy. So, again, it's done. I don't feel the need to post the all-22 clip when he misses a read. I don't feel the need to throw the almost interception up there. It doesn't count. And I feel that 49ers fans, when you bring up, well, they dropped the pick or he threw a pick, please just watch another game. Please. I watched Tua on, on Monday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, the throw, Steelers. Four <laughs> balls, throw four, four yeah. balls right into their chest and they dropped them. But nobody ever brings up almost interceptions with anybody but Jimmy. I'm done dissecting him at this point. I know what he is. Go win games now at this point. And it's so easy. I think he is playing a little bit more clear because he knows that nobody wants Brock Purdy to play. Like Trey Lance, at least last year, he was dynamic. You could say, I want to see Trey. Nobody wants to see Brock Purdy. Right. I'm
0: sorry. And, and that's a good point. Like the quarterback play has been shit this year for the most part. If you're only watching Niners games, maybe you don't understand that. But if you're watching around the league like me, I watch every second of football as I can until my wife is going to divorce me. But I do. <laughs> and like the quarterback play is, is terrible. So like I'm, I'm, I watch Jimmy play and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take this all day. All day. He's been a top probably 10 to 12 QB in the league this year. QB play has been yes. garbage. All right, I want to ask you guys too, Brian and Jay. So Mitchell gets hurt. And what I've seen the last three games from Mitchell coming back, okay, he he had 18 carries for 89 yards, nine carries for 59 yards, and seven for 35 this past game before he got hurt. But they've been starting off with McCaffrey, and then Mitchell comes in and just lays the hammer down on people. We've been talking about that. He looks fast. He looks quick. He looks strong. We know McCaffrey is an all-world running back but his last three games 14 carries for 38 yards seven carries for 39 11 carries for 32 so two of his last three games he's been under 2.9 yards per attempt I'm a little concerned about this Mitchell injury and we we think maybe Jordan Mason's gonna play i I fully expect Kyle to throw Kevin Coleman in our face again fully expect to turn on the game and, and it's you know right like it's gonna be Mitchell and Coleman or I'm sorry uh McCaffrey and Coleman there's no doubt in my mind Brian, what do you think? Like, how big is this injury? Am I, am I blowing this up too much or can this really derail them?
2: Um, I don't think you're blowing it up too much. I, I do think it's a, it's a big loss. And I think <clears throat> it feels like once they made this McCaffrey trade and they knew that Mitchell was coming back, it, it genuinely felt like Kyle had this idea or this plan in his head. He was like, listen, I'm featuring CMC in the first half, maybe into the third quarter, right, where we're going to get a lead. And then we're going to just sit on these, on these teams. We're going to run Elijah Mitchell, uh, who's fresh, has fresh legs, runs hard, and we're going to ice this game with our running game. And with Mitchell going out, that's a blow, but the role that he was playing, I genuinely believe can be filled by Jordan Mason, by Ty Davis price and, and by Tevin Coleman, right? It's this role of beast. You know, up the middle and and wearing these teams down. And I'll tell you what, I was genuinely impressed with Jordan Mason at the end of that Saints game. He was running hard, he was running fierce, he was taking dudes out, and he was getting seven yards a clip. I th- I believe he averaged over six yards a carry in the carries that he got. Now he didn't get a ton, and and the reason that Mason was in the game is because CMC and Mitchell are the backs, and then Mason. Mason is better on special teams than, than TDP is, which is why he's up on, on the 46 during game days with Mitchell down. I believe it's either going to be, I I think Mason has, I think Mason has his spot secured. So it's either going to be Coleman or it's going to be TDP. Um, I would hope TDP just because you spent a third round pick on him, but I mean, it's sunk cost already, right? You can't, you can't talk about it too much, but um, I, I genuinely believe that if, if Mason is given a shot, I think he's going to impress people. I was super impressed with him and Jason, you could speak to him, uh, in camp. Cause you saw him in camp. I know that he turned some heads in camp and part of why he hasn't been featured in the offense much is because I think there's some, some, uh, blocking issues that he has some protection issues, right. That I think they're waiting for him to to pick up a little bit more, but now that we're this far into the season, I would imagine that he's gotten better at it. So I, I genuinely, I've I've been on the Jordan Mason hype train since training camp, and 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 I hope he, I genuinely hope he gets a shot, and if he does, I think he's going to impress.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I I make no bones about it. At training camp, I was there nearly every single day, and he was the most consistent running back on the field. Didn't matter, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, did not matter, TDP, every single day. Jordan Mason ran the football like it was the last time that he was ever going to touch the football. And that's kind of what I saw in Mexico City again. That I'm like, it's still there. Like, he felt like, OK, I'm not going to touch this ball again because of Mitchell McCaffrey, but I'm not just going to, like, lazily go about it. And sure, he is way too valuable right now to this roster in terms of what he does on special teams. That's why he's up on game days. You you absolutely nailed that. I think what most impressed me at the end of this Saints game is the Saints knew. So Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 28 times, right, in the first half. He ended up with 37 attempts. So he threw the ball nine times in the Mm -hmm. second half. So the Saints know exactly what's coming, right? They know exactly what's coming and you still can't stop it. And I think that's what Jordan Mason is. He runs hard. He's very physical. Sure. I hope he improves on all those things. But when people bring up the Jeff Wilson trade, this is why I'm a little bit confused, right? Now, sure, in hindsight, everything is 2020. Well, why did you trade Jeff Wilson? You could certainly use him now. Well, an undrafted free agent is asking for for a trade because he doesn't want to go back to being an insurance policy. And I don't blame him. You have this confidence in Mitchell. You kind of have in the back of your mind, hey, a push comes to shove. Here comes Jordan Mason. And you're able to flip Jeff Wilson Jr. for a fifth round pick, which if for certain teams, a fifth round pick means nothing. For the 49ers, a fifth round pick could be George Kittle or Talanoa. No <laughs> right. So like, so for, for people to just continuously bang this drum about you shouldn't have traded Jeff Wilson, I think it's good business. And you do it 10 out of 10 times. Now, I think what's more concerning is the fact that CDP can't see the field. And this is back to back years on of a third round running back at this point, man. And it's like, damn, third round is no joke. Like, you know, you can have a really impact, a, a, an impact player in every third round. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to bring this up, but Jalen Hurd over Terry McLaurin and like I can go all the way back or like all the way down in the third round. So I think Mason's going to be fine. And I think that was part of the confidence in moving on from Jeff Wilson Jr. is that he is impactful on both sides and he is a hard worker. This is the thing about Kyle Shanahan teams. If you're not going to make your teeth or you're not going to cut your teeth doing something, Right. Maybe you may not get your reps running the ball. But if I got you on special teams, if you're not going to do anything when the opportunity is called, that's what I love about Samuel Womack. Samuel Womack loses his job at nickel. Well, guess what? He's on special teams and he's making plays. You have to find a way to contribute. And I think Jordan Mason is fully bought into that. And I think he's been waiting for his moment. If he does get his chance, fully expect, you know, I'm, I'm starting to I'll talk me into it. I think it's totally going to be Tevin Coleman with the do-rag and everything because, you know, pass protection, Kyle's guys, I know who it is. Mm. But if Jordan Mason can kind of carve out this role as like the closer, right? On a drive when you really want to bleed everything out and finish. I think that that's exactly what he's suited for. He's not wearing that 24 because that was the only number available.
2: He runs, he runs a lot like Jeff Wilson. He reminds me a lot of Jeff Wilson. So again, take that undrafted free agent, flip him for a fifth rounder, replace him with the other undrafted free agent that you have on the squad. For sure.
0: Yeah. Tevin Coleman, nine carries for 17 yards on Sunday. Book it. Book it. I mean, as long as it's – it's, I mean,
1: how do we get Tevin Coleman to visualize, like, the water boy, the Carolina Panthers?
0: Yeah. If he can,
1: like, look across and see the Carolina Panthers, Tevin Coleman's going off for three touchdowns. Confirmed. Like, we have to find a way to, to hypnotize him to see the Panthers.